Amen. That song will teach you to smile and pat your foot at the same time. Amen. Open your Bibles again to 1 John. Thank you, fellas. I like that. I like happy songs, don't you? I like it. God's people are, ought to be happy people, and I like it. When they ring the bells on that day. Verse 3 is my text verse. And after I pray, we're going to look at Romans chapter 8. We're going to look at a couple of other verses. But I want you to look at verse number 3. The Bible says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. It reminds me of that uh, bumper sticker that said, Honk if you love Jesus. And then there's another one that says, Tithe if you love Jesus. Anybody can honk. Now this verse says, For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. I want to preach tonight on this subject, promises of love. Promises of love. Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege to call you our Heavenly Father. Thank you for the privilege of being able to serve you. I've talked to so many people yesterday and today in our church that are just happy people. They're enjoying life. Many of them are tired because of the long hours of work and serving you. But Lord, there's a joy, there's a happiness in our heart that comes from the privilege of loving you and showing you our love by keeping your commandments. I pray that tonight we would see the truth of this message and it would encourage us, it would prompt us to continue to pay close attention to what we allow our hearts to love that, Lord, we would stay fastly in love with you. Bless the preaching, I pray, I hunger for the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I want you to look at the book of Romans, chapter 8. I want you to go to that familiar verse of verse number 28. This is one of the most amazing verses and promises in all of the Bible. And we know that all things work together for good. I want you to notice this phrase here, to them that love God. To them who are the called according to his purpose. It is an interesting fact that many ingredients of good are not good, but they work together for good. Are you with me? Many of the ingredients of good are not good, but they work together for good. You see, the circumstances of life are not always enjoyable. We do not enjoy the trials. We do not enjoy the valleys. We do not enjoy carrying heavy burdens. We do not enjoy the times of tears, the times of prayer that are the result of difficulty or burdens that we carry. The circumstances of life are not always enjoyable, and yet when they work together and they work out, they work out for good to them that love God. Romans 8.28 is not for everyone. It is a conditional promise. 
It is a promise to them that love God. Now, if you don't love God and you live life for self and you even serve God, not for loving God, but for self, verse 29 is going to be a tough verse. The Bible says in verse 29, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And so when the Bible says all things work together for good, it doesn't always mean for my enjoyment, but it does mean for good. And ultimately, it means for God's good. Now, I've always known or known for a long time that Romans 8.28 can be a verse that can be frustrating if we don't understand that condition to the verse, and that is if we love God or to those who love God. Now hold that right there. We go back to verse number 3 of 1 John chapter 5, and the Bible says in verse number 2, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. I have always, since a teenager, I should say, maybe even younger, wanted to love God and wanted to know that I loved him. I wanted to know in my heart that I loved him to his satisfaction. So when I came to these verses, and it's repeated throughout the New Testament and rooted in the Old Testament, the Bible says, if you love me, keep my commandments. In other words, if I love him, I can't live any way I want. I can't live the way the flesh desires, but I have to bring it under subjection. And if I love him, I keep his commandments. Now, I'll be honest with you, I contemplated that for a long time. In fact, it, it caused me to doubt whether I loved God because I didn't always love all of his commandments. I wanted to love him, but I didn't enjoy doing everything he commanded me to do. I'm being transparent, telling you tonight, I wanted to love him, uh, but when it came time to crucifying the flesh and living uh, uh, under the influence of the Holy Spirit and being obedient to him, I didn't always love that. And I may would say that that was a grievous command. It was difficult. It concerned me. It caused me to question whether I really did love God or if I just sang about loving God or if I just preached about or if I just talked about loving God. There are two life illustrations that help me to understand this verse. This verse, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. Now, I cannot say that I enjoyed all academics in school. I did enjoy school for the most part. For the most part, I enjoyed school. I enjoyed some subjects. Um, I, uh, I, I would get out of class if I could. I'd volunteer to work if I could. If I didn't have to go to class, I'd volunteer to work. Not after class, but during class. How many of you are with me right there, either with an oh me or an amen? Now, now I was thinking and hoping that maybe English would just go away. 
Some of you are still praying that prayer. I have news for you. have been waiting a long time. I don't think it's going away. One year I got behind in my English class. Now, we had an ACE Christian school. I really loved that curriculum. And I don't know much about it today, but when I went to school, it was a second edition. It's probably the 14th now. I don't know, but the second edition. And I got behind in my English paces. So school ended in May. The school year ended in May, but I was woefully behind in my English paces. And so my dad said to me, son, you're going to have a long summer. Because until you get your English paces finished, you're going to stay inside while the sun's shining. I didn't like that at all. I didn't like English during the year. I dead sure didn't like English in the summertime. One day, my dad sat me down in the early part of the summer, and in essence, this is about what he said. Son, I know you don't like English, and I, don't, and I know you don't like uh, you, you, you don't like studying English. I, I know you don't. But son, you need to learn what's in these lessons, what's in these paces. I promise you, you need to learn it. And he said this, if you don't do it for English's sake, I want you to do it for my sake. Oh, you mean I can love you and hate English? You mean I don't have to love English to love you? I can do English because I love you, but I don't have to love English? Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? I don't enjoy everything that God's will calls for. Now, if you do, I'm going to shake your hand after church and have you sign my Bible. I don't enjoy everything, but I'll tell you what I do. I do love him. I do love him, and his commandments are not grievous for what they are. They're not grievous because I love him. This past week, my wife and uh, daughter, uh, Laura, they uh, went to uh, help John and Caitlin with uh, Lacey Kay. She has not learned yet that you sleep in the night and eat in the day. She eats in the day and eats in the night and cries between eating and feeding and other things. So they went to help, and she said, you feed the baby, and I'll take care of her so you can sleep. She'd spent a couple of extra days in the hospital, and uh, she texted me along through the night. I think I lasted till about 1 a.m., and I answered the rest of the text messages about 7 the next morning. And, uh, but, but her and Laura, they took turns, and they took care of Lacey as she squirmed and whined and cried so Mama could sleep, and then uh, she let her eat again and then took care of her till uh, 7 o'clock the next morning. Now, if you invited my wife to a slumber party, I doubt she would go. She ain't much for staying up at night. She likes to go to bed at 9 o'clock. I wouldn't say this in public, but she's grouchy after 9 o'clock, at night and she likes to go oh did I say that out loud uh, but anyway she likes to go to bed at nine o'clock now she absolutely loved taking care of that baby and taking care of that baby even if it meant staying up all night it was not grievous because she loved that son and daughter-in-law and baby now the Bible says if we love him We'll keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous 
because we love him. Now, all of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You have helped someone move because you love them. Don't tell me you love moving. If you do, you may want to start a business. Uh, you've helped people. You, you, you've sat up with them in the night. You've cooked food that's not your favorite food. You've driven through the night. You've sacrificed. And, and when you didn't have money to buy something that you would like to have, you gladly gave that money to meet a need of someone that you desperately loved and you cared about. I'm glad tonight to know that my motivation for serving him. Now, many things I enjoy doing, but I want to tell you this, I love him. And because I love him, it makes it enjoyable to do the things that we do. Now, here's the purpose of the message. There are special blessings to those that love him. I was reading this past week in the Bible and I saw that phrase, that love him, that love him. And when I read that, I thought of Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love him. And I started looking for that phrase through the Bible. I found it beginning in the book of Exodus and going all the way through the Bible. And I found some special promises to those that love him. Let me tell you what some of those blessings are. First of all, there is the blessing of God's mercy to those that love him. Now, God's mercy is a wonderful thing. Grace and mercy is a blessing from God. Grace is God giving me something I don't deserve. God gave me salvation. I didn't deserve it. He gave it to me because he loved me. Mercy is God not giving to me what I do deserve. You and I do deserve to pay for our sin. We deserve eternal death in hell. But by his mercy, he did not give me what I deserve. By his grace, he gave me what I didn't deserve. And the Bible says in Exodus chapter 20 and verse number 6, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. There it is in the book of Exodus. I show mercy to them that love me and keep my commandments. Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse number 10. And showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. There it is again. His mercy is extended and he's not talking about just salvation. He's not talking about just eternal life or eternal death. He's talking about, I'm glad God didn't give me what I deserved this week. I'm living far above what I deserve. You've heard me tell the story of the fellow that applied for a job and the fellow said, uh, I, I would like to hire you, uh, but he said, I can only pay you what you're worth. And he said, I can't live on that. I need, to, I need to make more than what I'm worth. Can I tell you something? His blessings are more than I deserve. And what I deserve, he doesn't give me, but he gives me his blessings I believe his mercy is extended. Oh, I'm thankful for this. His mercy is extended. Sometimes I deserve discipline. Sometimes I deserve an old-fashioned whipping. Sometimes I deserve far less than what I have. But if I love him, that's what the Bible says. If you love him and you keep his commandments, his mercy is extended. 
Nehemiah chapter 1 and verse number 5 and said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven. This is Nehemiah praying. He has been visited by his brethren and they tell him of the condition of Jerusalem and the walls are broken down and the gates are burned with fire. He knows why that happened. It happened because of God's judgment on their sin. He goes to God in prayer and he begins to pray about that situation and making a difference in Jerusalem. And here's what he says. I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. There it is again. I'm thankful for his mercy. I believe I get extra mercy because I love him and keep his commandments. I'm thankful for those promises of love. I'll give you another one. Special prayer privileges are to those who love the Lord. We find it first in Deuteronomy. We find it again in the book of Daniel. Daniel is in the land of Babylon. He is a captive. He is away from his homeland. He is a captive in the land of Babylon. And the Bible says in Daniel chapter 9 in verse number 3, And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. There it is again in the book of Daniel. He said, I'll remember my covenant that I made with him that love me and keep my commandments. I don't know about you, but this encourages me to make sure I not only love him, but I love him first and I love him foremost and observe his commandments and I say, Lord, is there anything I can do for you today? I want you to give a gospel tract. <coughs> but Lord, I'm afraid to give a gospel tract to him. I'm afraid he'll bite me. I'm afraid he'll curse me. I'm afraid he'll laugh at me. I'm not asking you to keep my commandments because you love him. I'm asking you to keep my commandments because you love me. Oh, Lord, I love you. Yes, sir, I love you. I'd do anything for you. He said there is a promise of special blessing to them that love him and keep his commandments. And here it is Daniel that enjoys the prayer privileges with God. There's several times the book of Daniel illustrates that. One time the king told him, he said, I had a dream. I want you to interpret that dream. And he said, I can't interpret dreams. Only God can. He said, I want you to get the interpretation. He said, king, what is the dream? The king said, I forgot that too. Tell me what the dream was and tell me the interpretation. When he came back, he told him the interpretation and he told him the dream. He was so impressed with Daniel, he began to give him gifts and Daniel said, hold it, wait a minute. I didn't interpret that dream. I didn't know what that dream was. It's the God of heaven. 
and the God of heaven heard my prayer in the night. Oh, thank God for the privilege of prayer. But thank God when you go to God in prayer, I believe this week that bus workers and bus captains and soul winners and those that have given a gospel tracts and those that have spent time in prayer and those that have observed his commandments, I believe God says, hey, there's one of those that love me. They're not just my children. They love me. They keep my commandments. I believe there's special prayer privileges to those that love God. Here's another one. I found a promise for strength to them that love God. Romans 8, 28 is not for everybody. But most folks don't understand God. The average American's mad at God. They think God's a big million-dollar vending machine in the sky. They just throw a wish up, and he drops out a blessing. That's not the way God works. I'm supposed to love him. I'm supposed to obey him. I'm supposed to live in his will. I love him, and his commandments are not grievous. I found a promise to strength. Judges 5.31. Listen to the words here. So let all thy enemies perish, O Lord. But let them that love him be as the sun when he goeth forth in his might and the land had rest 40 years. The strength of the Hebrew boys was greater than the strength of the guards that threw them into the fiery furnace. They lived, the guards perished. Why? God gives us strength to those that love him. Strength to young David while Goliath perished. I heard it again this past week. They were talking about basketball. And they showed a picture of a team. And uh, maybe it was uh, uh, St. Peter's or Mary, one of that, uh, that uh, Jesuit school in New Jersey. And they said, boy, you talk about a really David and Goliath fight. Everybody talks about it like Goliath won. Hey, folks, Goliath got beat. David won. You know why? God gives strength, extra strength, to those that love him. The next time you pick up a Tylenol and say it's extra strength Tylenol, you say Tylenol must love God, it's extra strength. <laughs> Psalm 145, 20. The Lord preserveth all them that love him, but all the wicked will he destroy. The only way you can describe or explain the nation of Israel from their conception being slaves and becoming a priestly nation to their existence today hated from all sides. Nations and, and world rulers of, uh, of communist uh, uh, influence and they've all desired to destroy Israel. They can't get to Israel. You know why? That's God's people. You can't describe America and how America gained its independence and its freedom and became one of the greatest nations on earth outside God giving strength to those that love him. I don't know about you, but I'm going to love him this week. I don't know about you this week. I'm going to put him first. I want to find out, Lord, is there anything I can do for you? Uh, you may have texted someone today, as my wife did, uh, uh, Caitlin, and said, is there anything we can do for you today? Uh, is there anything we can do to be of help to you? You may have said to a loved one this week, can I help you in any way? Now, what they ask you to do may be difficult, but it doesn't matter because you love them. Are you with me tonight? I love this promise. I found another. I found a promise to find him. 
Now, you'll understand this when I read the verse. Proverbs 8, 17, the Bible says, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live life without God being close to me. I want to find God in everything I do. I, I, I just use a silly illustration. And it may be silly to you to think it said extra strength Tylenol. I see God in everything I do. I, I, I see the scripture. I see my walk with God, my relationship with God. You, you may think I'm crazy. In fact, I may be crazy. And if I am, I need to get signed up for a check. I could use the income. Uh, 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 but but uh, you, you may think I'm crazy, but I see God. I want to know God as I walk through that building this morning, as I walk through it this afternoon. As I looked and I, I prayed, Lord, please provide. Lord, you know where we are. But Lord, you know that we've got enough money for another two weeks. Oh, God, please, I pray that you would provide. Help our folks to be faithful. Help us all to be faithful. Put you first and foremost in our life. The Bible says this, uh, Proverbs 8, 17. This reminds me of Russell Anderson every time I read the verse. I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Russell Anderson said, and, and he did for years and years. He'd get up early in the morning and still does. I talked to him the other day. I said, how you doing? He said, my future's so bright I had to put on sunglasses this morning. He said this, he said, I was so close to Jesus this morning when I made toast, he reached over my shoulder and put the butter on it for me. I like it. You'll find him if you love him, if you seek him. I want to see God as I pray for the college and the academy, as I pray for the camp and the construction. I pray for the finances and the faith to carry on. I want to see God. I want to see his hand. I want to see his hand evident in my life. I love them that love me and those that seek me early shall find me. I found another one. I found a promise for the Holy Spirit to reveal things to me. He won't to anybody else except those that love him. Here's the verse. 1 Corinthians 2, 9. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither hath, have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love does that mean God made some special things for those that love him? I'm thankful for the rain. It rains on the just and the unjust. I'm thankful for the sunshine. I'm thankful for all the blessings that everyone uh, enjoys, whether they're saved or lost, uh, whether they're uh, heathen or uh, they believe in God. Ah, but I find here uh, that there are things that man hasn't even thought of that God has prepared, but he didn't prepare it for everybody. He prepared it for those that love him. I found another one. You say, how many? About 45. I'll give you one more. The promise of his blessings. James 2, 5. Hearken, my beloved brethren. Have not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him? The average person misunderstands love. They think love is an emotion that you trip and fall into. That's not love. You, you don't trip and fall in love. And I, I know we use that phrase, uh, she fell in love with him. Uh, she would have had to trip if you saw him uh, and fell in love with him. Uh, but the Bible, talks, <laughs> the Bible talks about, he said, ouch, I didn't mean to step on your toe. And... Um, <laughs> 
But the Bible says that we're supposed to love him by decision. That means if I love him in the morning, I need to say, Lord, is there anything you want me to do in particular for you today? I know what your word says, and I want to be obedient to you, and I want to be quiet enough in my life that I can hear the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me when I say that? I want to hear his voice. I want to hear the quiet voice of the Holy Spirit. But I want to say, Lord, I love you. Is there anything I can do for you today? There are promises to those that love him. No wonder John said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. He goes on to say that the things of the world, they pass away. Oh, but the things of God, he tells us, those are eternal. Sad that so many people are in love with things that pass away rather than the God who made all things. Let's decide this week. As you would go see someone maybe in a hospital or maybe go visit someone at home that is laid up and you say to them, because you love them, is there anything I can do for you? I know of a half a dozen, maybe 12 folks if I thought about it, that have cared for someone in need in the past week. Maybe you just went and sat by their side. It grieves, it hurts us to see them hurting. And we say, is there anything I can do for you? It doesn't matter what they ask for because our love is willing to meet the need. Stand with me if you will. I'm thankful for the special promises to those that love him. I look forward to the week. I look forward to what God is going to do. I look forward to his grace and mercy. I look forward to the good hand of God. I wonder this week what God has prepared for you and me that love him. It's going to be a good week, isn't it? It's going to be a wonderful week. The Lord tarries his coming. It's going to be a great week. Heavenly Father, thank